Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along. Once again, we're delving into the history box, and this is uh, one that's been inspired by something we talked about recently, which was uh, the very first ever telephone call between Alexander Graham Bell and his mate Tom Thomas Watson, in which um, Alexander Graham Bell used the words, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Now, I've got something to say about this right from the beginning. Good. Right, is that... We we quoted this on an earlier podcast earlier this week as "Come here, I want you." I want right? you. So said, there yeah. are there are different versions of this, right? But either way, I've been thinking about this all week, right? And I'm thinking, you, if I was Watson, I'd be like, mm. "Why don't you fucking make your mind up, you mad cunt?" Right? You spent all this time and energy going on and on about inventing a fucking device whereby you can communicate with someone without physically being in the same room as them. That's been your obsession for years, Alexander Bell, right? Now, you finally fucking cracked it. And what's the first thing you say when you get on the fucking blower Mm. to me? Come here, I want to see you. Yeah. Well, what's the point of inventing the fucking telephone then? It flies in the face of the thing you've just fucking The whole fucking point. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's like... Someone invite, invents the fucking gramophone record, yeah? You listen to it. Let's say you put a record on by Funboy 3. Oh. You hear a bit of their song, Our Lips Are Sealed, and you're like, I, I want I want to fuck... You've just invented the record yourself. You, I, I want to see these cunts perform live. Mm. Now, I'm not mm. interested in this. Why did you invent it then? It's a bad analogy I just made. It doesn't make sense. It, it, it kind of works a bit. But, yeah, you're right. He should just do some small talk with him, shouldn't he? So, Mr. Watson, how have you been? Why didn't he write out bullet points like I used to do when I called gals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cue cards. Get some fucking cue cards. Don't pick up the phone unless you know what you're going to fucking say. If you've got the whole 30-minute planned in advance. No one wants one of these phone calls just calling up for a chat. All right, cunt. What do you want to chat about? Well, I don't know. What's on your mind? Joe you know what? Fuck off. I haven't got time for this. That should have been the first fucking phone call. Yeah. He wasted my fucking time or what? You've built this machine and you're just <laughs> fucking wasting it like this. Calling up for a fuck. fucking hell. You've co- Let's get this straight, cunt. 
You spent God knows how many years inventing this machine. You <laughs> fucking bored me yet? shit. This every time we've met up for a drink for the last ten years, you've been going on and on and on about boring me shitless. To be honest, I just never thought it was going to happen. But fair enough, you've cracked it now, right? Yeah. And now you're just saying you've called me up to tell me to come over. Well, yeah. fuck no, fuck off. I'm not coming over. What what we're going to talk about when I come over? You're going to talk about this fucking machine again, aren't you? If you've you got something to say, using it. If you've got something to say, say it now. You got me. You got my attention. I'm on your machine. What have you got to say? Fuck all. See you later. Yeah. Bang. Don't call me back. Bang. Phone down. Right. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. Some people can get so wound up in projects, and and then the project comes to fruition, and then there's just a void. There's an empty void because yeah, it's like that now what? To me all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get. I get completion sorrow. That's what I call it. Right. That's a good phrase. I like that. Yeah. I think you might have just invented that. I did. I just invented it. Completion yeah. sorrow. Sor- especially the sorrow bit. I that might, sounds really dramatic. I might trademark that. Yeah. Then I'll do one of those books. You know, like, they call it... I asked my wife the other day, what do they call NN books where some clever cunt r- makes up a phenomenon and then manages to <laughs> squeeze a whole book out of it? <laughs> and she said that, that section of the bookshop's called smart thinking <laughs> puke right but then I thought my first reaction was that sounds a load of bollocks and my second reaction was yeah how do I get in on that there's probably a few quid in that well I had a thought the other day we should write a book right you know them books where they've got two covers one on the front one on the back yeah and they're kind of two books and you flip them over and they meet in the middle yeah we should do what that one half of it's called living out loud. The other half's called just rest, and it's a how yeah. to how to live out loud and just yeah. rest. And we'll have, it in, we'll have it in smart thinking, and then in the very smart middle thinking. there'll be two pages where you can overlap like a Venn diagram, telling you how to do both at the same time. Yeah, because you can. You can. That's yeah. like the other day when I had my top off on the sofa watching Oasis Nebworth '96. That was just rest and living out loud because I I had a non-alcohol beer, which almost sums up living out loud and just resting. Yeah. I had my non-alcohol beer. I had my top off. The kids looked scared. They were like, mummy, what's the matter with dad? It was hot though, wasn't it? Yeah. Why why is dad shouting the words to cigarettes and alcohol? (laughs) Why has dad put some sunglasses on? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't right. like it, kids, get out. <laughs> um, yeah. There was a but, great um, phone call that I heard the other day um, on the Rock on Tours podcast, which we're both fans of now, aren't we? Yeah. Have you heard the Nile Rogers one? No, I haven't heard that one yet. No. So on the Nile Rogers one, he talks about how he met Bernard Edwards, right? Mm. His partner in Chic, and he goes, "Oh yeah, so basically." my girlfriend's mum uh, worked in a shop and there was a lad and she said there's this lad who works next door uh, who lives next door to my shop and he comes in and out and I think you should meet him and now Rogers went why? what is he a musician? she said I don't know I don't know if he's a musician I don't know much about him but he's just got a vibe and <laughs> he's got this vibe that I think you and him would hit it off big time right? so he goes well, all right, fine, like, whatever. Yeah, introduce us, bit weird, right? So, obviously, the bloke's Bernard Edwards, right? And right. Uh, and so she she gets 
she somehow convinces Bernard Edwards R- really weird he goes into the shop to buy fucking ten fags or whatever and the fucking shop woman goes hey you should meet my daughter's boyfriend ten I think you two would really vibe together right ten fags and a copy of people's friend so yeah so he's gone alright whatever here's my phone number tell him to call me if you want fucking yeah. weirdo right? yeah uh, hook me up with this bloke why not yeah, yeah really well, why not I've not got much on I've been looking. I've been on the lookout for a new mate. As it happens, <laughs> <laughs> that's all um, I was about then. <laughs> he calls up. He, so basically, she gives Noel Rogers the number, and she keeps badgering him. Have you called that geezer yet? So in the end, Noel Rogers calls him up, and he goes, uh, he goes. Uh, oh hi, yeah. Uh, I was just wondering, like, my, you know, are you a musician? And he goes, yeah, sure, I'm a, I'm a guitarist, right? I'm a bass guitarist. And he goes, oh, great. Well, listen, I've got a band. And he goes, oh, yeah, what kind of band is it, right? And so Noel Rogers does this funny impression of himself. He goes, I was kind of a hippie, and I was intimidated by this bloke just from speaking to him on the phone for 10 seconds. And because my mother-in-law had been going on about how cool he was. He went, he went I suddenly came over really pretentious to try and impress him. We go, yeah, what kind of guy? And he does this really funny voice. And we go, yeah, we're kind of going for a kind of a jazzy rock vibe, but with real psychedelic undertones and our influences. He starts naming all these like, <laughs> like, like Lloyd Grossman. Yeah, like <laughs> he does a really funny voice of himself being really pretentious. And he finishes his description of the band. And... And he goes, so yeah, that's basically what we're into, wondering if you're interested in getting involved. And Bernard Edwards, there's a long pause, and then he just goes, my man, lose my number. (laughs) He just puts the phone down. (laughs) Oh, God. Lose my number. That's all he said. I thought, brilliant. He, he he, He just thought, there's too much to unpick here. And the amount of times that I've indulged shit on the phone or in any situation and just mm. gone along with shit out of politeness. And sometimes you think life's too short. I mean, to me, it felt like a bit like a Dawson move. And I mean that as a compliment. A kind yeah. of a, let's cut to the chase here. I've immediately established that, let's put it nicely, we're not going to click. And yeah. therefore, I'm going to put that you out of your misery quick. <laughs> Lose my fucking yeah, number. Yeah. <laughs> right, and um, so, so, so I found that quite inspirational. Well, what, what, what's interesting, this isn't a history box about the forming of Sheik, although we should do that one time. Well, do, do it was a slash, the first telephone call, slash formation of Sheik. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, they both turned up, there were, were pick-up gigs in New York at the time where people yeah. would ring up and say, listen... I got a gig for you. There's a band tonight. They need a guitarist. Turn up. It's fifteen dollars. Yeah, and uh, and they'd all there was a little community of people who'd ring round. So like if you were if you were the guitarist, Andy, but you needed to do something like yeah. I don't know, I don't. You had an appointment. Who knows where at your acupuncturist that you couldn't get out of. So mm. you you ring up another guitarist and you go, listen, mate, turn up tonight, cover me, and you'll get fifteen dollars. Right. So they both were on this circuit, but unbeknownst to each other. Now right. Rogers turns up at a gig, plays, notice that the bassist is super cool. Remember, they've never set eyes on each other and they've had a very brief exchange on the phone. 
Plus, Nile Rogers was genuinely affecting a voice, a different voice on the phone yeah. to sound sort of, I don't know, like some sort of jazz beatnik kind of, you know, cool dude sort of thing. Yeah. And um, and so they've never set eyes on each other before and they're playing and they both notice each other and they both start vibing off each other musically. And at the end of the gig, Nile Rogers goes to Bernard, that was amazing. I don't ever want to play without you again. Oh. And Bernard says, I don't ever want to play without you again. From now on, we'll just recommend each other to everyone we play with, right? Yeah. And he goes, all right. And then they keep playing together, keep playing together, eventually form a band which originally had a different name. I think they were called the Big Apple Band. New York City and the Big Apple Band, they were called. And uh, like literally months, like, like months after they've, maybe even a year after they've been together, they're walking down the street. And who do they bump into but his girlfriend's mum? Or by now right. his ex-girlfriend's mum. Right. She comes up to him and she goes, oh, you two finally got together then. And they go, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I've been hooking, I've been trying to hook you up for a long time. I, I thought I'd, I thought it hadn't happened, but you're together. And they both look at each other and go, you're the cunt on the phone from a year ago. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. I never yeah, wanted no, to see no. you again. But by this stage, they're besties. Good oh, story, brilliant. right? That's fantastic. Love that. He's a great, he's an absolutely sublime storyteller. It's like, oh, yeah. I've been I've been binging yeah. on Rock and Turs recently and, that you know, there's lots of good ones. But the thing about Nile Rodgers is he is just a born anecdotalist. Oh, totally. So it's not yeah. like a lot of them, the appeal of some of them is, is they're kind of meandering and mm. some of it's a bit rambly, but you kind of quite like that because it takes you into interesting places yeah but not Nile Rogers they say something like tell us about this and he goes right 1964 here I am in this nightclub and it's like every single thing is like it's done to a yeah. perfect script but it's they're all kind of either laugh out loud funny or jaw-droppingly revelatory genuine raconteur he's a genuine raconteur. A raconteur and what's interesting is the two presenters Guy Pratt and um, Gary Kemp are like in awe of him yeah because he's like their proper fucking... I mean, I think they, they've got a lot of respect for all of their guests, but in this case, it's like, yeah, basically, yeah. you're a god to us, so... Well, I'll get that one listened to then. That mm. sounds great. I'll add that to my list. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. So that's the element of this episode that is the formation of Sheik. Um, if we can get back slightly to the first telephone call uh, between Alexander Graham Bell and Thomas Watson. Oh, mate, I've, uh, just, I've just spotted a fucking cracking thing in the first sentence of this Wikipedia page. Of... The thing in quote marks. 
Right. The first telephone call, I'll read it. The first telephone call was made on March 10th, 1876. Yeah. This yeah. sounds like something we make up in our live shows when we do the history of. The first telephone call was made on March 10th, 1876 by Alexander Graham Bell. Bell demonstrated his ability to, in quote marks, talk with electricity. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's calling it. Yeah. Behold, as I, Alexander Graham Bell, demonstrate my ability to talk with electricity. I w- <laughs> like one of those robot sound effects that were on disco hits in the 1970s. It it sounds like a um it sounds like a sort of a Gary Newman hit or something, doesn't it? It sounds talk like the title of a great 80s pop song, Talk with Electricity. I shall call it the Talking with Electricity Contraption. <laughs> it's a very catchy name that will catch on and everyone will use it. The best bit is in the second paragraph. There's the bit there about Mr. Watson. Come here, I want to see you or I want you. But it says after I that... I want to see event, you, cock. The event has been... <laughs> uh, said as a dick pic. Uh, the event, <laughs> oh, we haven't invented that yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. The event has been called Bell's greatest success as it demonstrated the first successful use of the telephone. Although it was his greatest success, Alexander Graham Bell refused to have a telephone in his own home because it was something... Fuck that! I value my privacy! Because it was something he invented by mistake. No. Yeah, apparently. That's amazing. Do you have a telephone? No, no way. Complete imposition. Total invasion of my privacy. I hate the things. The things going off day and fucking night. People wanting tips. Marketing calls. Marketing calls. Have you been injured in an accident? Can I interest you in life insurance? No fucking thank you. Oh, you know, some bird you've... you've, Maybe you've had a one-nighter with a girl you've met in the inn or the gin house, right? (laughs) Fine, you never have to see her again. If you know where she hangs out, just don't go there for a few months. Suddenly you've got a telephone. She's on the blower. She wants to meet up again. She's giving you fucking brain damage. No, no, thank you. And that number she's got, I can't change that. That's my number. So she could just ring up any time. That's madness. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Fuck off. Do you want to go out for a gin? Do you want to take me out to the park? Do you want to go bowling? Fucking hell. Ah, they got a two-for-one deal at Cafe Mama. You take me for a bowl of tagliatelle? No fucking way. No chance. I like to... I play by my own rules. I like to operate in the shadows. Telephone, for me, is my worst nightmare. So, um, Bell was making working on something called the Harmonic Telegraph. Um, and he'd been working with the deaf. And I think it was a, a way of trying to... Um, Amplify sounds, I think, for deaf people to hear. Oh, maybe your first hearing aid. It's a big, big old page, but this is the telephone section. So, obviously, he was trying to work on somewhere else, and then he's accidentally invented the telephone. Um, he, uh, working in the summer in Brantford, Bell experimented with a phonautograph, a pen like machine that could draw shapes of sound waves on smoked glass by tracing their vibrations. I can't get my head around that. I can't understand what that is. No. 
I can't even begin to. I don't even want to. I, I don't it. understand how vinyl records work still. To I this don't day. understand anything to do with sound. No. I don't understand anything to do with sound or vision. Mm. Um, I've listened, you know, to that Bowie song loads of times. Well, no, you sound know that David vision. Bowie song, right? I used to play it a lot on the radio. When I was on BBC London, I used to play Sound and Vision regularly because it's got a really long intro. So you come yeah. out of the news, you press the big button that plays a sting. Boom! Yeah. Sound of Lini on BBC London. Right? And mm. then I go, bang, straight into song. And you can talk over that. You bring a fader down. You can talk for fucking oh, ages. Oh, an excuse to talk more. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, the that's, news has been on I haven't done any talking for almost four minutes when's the news going to shut up no one cares about that's that boring today boring news absolute shit people want to hear what I've been thinking about <laughs> bloody plane crash uh, people want to hear about that. our sheep got together <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to do the about today people want um, to be cheered up uh, yeah bloody great mate and then you know you talk 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 this is what we cut coming up on the show today Bah, bah, bah. This is how you get in touch. You say, bah, bah, bah. And he goes, don't you wonder sometimes. Bring the fader up. Just he says it. Beautiful. But I yeah. always used to think to myself, do you know what, David Bowie? I fucking do wonder about sound and vision all the time. Constantly. Yeah. I can't fucking stop wondering about it on lots of levels. Obviously, I think a lot about music and TV and other things I've seen. Like that time when I was at Stamford <laughs> Brick Station, I saw some tits through a window, right? That counts, <laughs> doesn't it? I think that was the sort of caper Bowie was asking you about. He yeah, wasn't. He so. didn't just mean that, telly. That's the vision element, wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't just mean telly and throw into the film, movies. He yeah. meant anything you can see in your vision, yeah. including tits. Do you think that song's just about tits, then? Well, it can't, can't be, because the sound element, you can't hear tits. I wanted to write a song about tits, but I didn't want to be too on the nose. <laughs> Uh, because uh, I like to be quite cryptic in my lyrics. <laughs> so I decided to write Sound and Vision. The sound bit was a red herring. It was mainly <laughs> about no the vision. I'm not interested in sound at all. <laughs> it was mainly about the vision. Uh, growing, up in, grow, growing up in uh, in Kent, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd always try to see as many tits as I could. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the 1950s, there wasn't as many around as there are now. It was, no, it was very you difficult. can buy a magazine, it's full of tits. Really <laughs> yeah. easy. Now I can see tits whenever I want, but back then I wasn't famous, and uh, and it like, yeah, it's the 50s. Uh, so anyway, I was thinking about those times, and so I thought I'd write a song. It was originally called Tits and Fanny. Don't you wonder sometimes about tits and fanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know the demo is actually on YouTube of um, Tits and Fanny when he first like, recorded that. When would that have been? Like late seventies or something? Seventy-seven ish. Was it? Was he in Berlin when he first recorded he Berlin, Tits and Fanny? Yeah, tits and Fanny in Berlin. It was all over the place then. Brian Eno, Near I think, was involved in that. Yeah, it was Eno who suggested add uh, it because I I originally just wanted to say, don't you wonder sometimes about tits. But he said, he said, no, David, uh, we've got to add a, another another line for it to scan properly. And, and it was Eno, and this is the genius Eno was, who suggested the word fanny. 
<laughs> oh god. Fucking hell. Don't you wonder sometimes about tits and funny. Yeah, so sound and vision. Oh, oh. It's a song that resonates with me because I've never been able to get my nut even remotely around how radio, records, telephone calls, much less television works. Yeah. Yeah, same. Same. But the the thing with vinyl is it's a physical thing. You've got a physical object there. I guess airwaves and that, I, I, I understand that things go through the airwaves. I don't know how you make them go through the airwaves, but you do. But there's a physical thing and you can see the music in the mm. vinyl and I, I don't know how it's been put in there I need to watch an episode of Made in Britain with Jimmy Neil where it gets explained there must be one there mm. must be one but um, I yeah th- th- these episodes this week are slightly shorter because we're trying to cram as many in as we can before holidays and that so we're kind of at an end point I think oh, okay, I yeah. don't know I if there's any more to add about the invention of the telephone I feel as though we've covered it. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is Alexander Graham Bell. I would advise anyone to go onto the Wikipedia page. The one we're looking at is simply called Telephone Call because it's a big subject, right? To me, the most interesting thing is how it was invented, right? And what Mm. happened on the first call. And we've covered that quite extensively. But I always wonder who makes the decisions about the imagery that appears on a Wikipedia page, right? I don't know if they've got a picture editor or what, or whether the you know just one of the contributors puts it up there. But yeah. they've thought right, we've got you know what 150 years worth of telephone calls to cover here. It's been going for yeah. 150 years the old telephone call game, right? So what it is a game, we, isn't it? What 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 picture should we use to demonstrate the entire fucking phenomena of telephone calls? And they have got a corking picture of a wonderfully attractive and comely-looking Victorian lady. Comely's yeah. the word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in a yeah. sort of a quite a low cut. She's very buxom. Slightly bu- buxom. Yeah. She's buxom, and she's—I don't think she's wearing a bra. Wonderful hairstyle. Uh, and she's—it's very low cut Victorian dress, and she's on one of them old-fashioned phones like Sherlock Holmes had. <laughs> Where you pick up the sort of receiver off the long stand. Hello, word in three six five. One of those yeah. numbers, and she's got a lovely big grin on her face, and uh, you just wonder. I, might, I wonder whether she's calling one of them sex lines because she's holding the earpiece to her ear, and she's got this huge mischievous grin on her face. Do you think they did them um, dirty talk lines in the Victorian times? I think it was probably one of the first things that, that happened when you got phone calls. Because mm. whenever there's new technology, sex always comes along very quickly, mm. and people use it to exploit other people. It's the quickest way, isn't you know, it? Like the internet. Quickest was, way to build an audience it, it is sex. It turned into a, a porn dungeon. Victorian so, sex lines uh, would have been like, "Would you like to see my ankles? I've got my ankles <laughs> out right now. Yes, they're white and fleshy." And you can see that knobbly bit of bone sticking out too. I'm stroking my ankle. I bet you'd like to stroke my ankle too, wouldn't you? It's you a whole dirty day. bastard. <laughs> it's a hot day. I'm spraying some cooling water onto my ankles. Mm. <laughs> Lavender water, no less. Uh, oh. I bet you're rubbing your own ankle right now. You beast. <laughs> you beastly man. 
Oh, God. Fucking hell. So there we are. That's the telephone call uh, and the invention of Shake. Um, two things which are inextricably linked forevermore. And the original on. version of Sound and Vision. Of course, Sound and Vision, yeah, which no, you'll never hear it in the same way again, any of you. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.